You're listening to the Long's Chapel Weekly Message Podcast, available Sundays at 5 o'clock p.m. If you would like to connect to Long's Chapel or keep up with all events happening at Long's Chapel Church, connect with us via Instagram, Facebook, or on our church website, longschapel.com. Here at Long's Chapel, we believe in worshiping and serving God by reaching people and growing together as passionate followers of Jesus Christ, because all people matter to God. This week's message comes from our lead pastor, Reverend Chris Westmoreland. I know that I see some NC State fans that are especially happy this morning. Yes, I know, I'm just, I'm telling you, there's just a special joy that they have in their heart, it would seem, um, based on the results of a football game last night. But that's all I'll say about that, because I don't want Carolina fans to storm out of the room. That would be a bad thing. Um, I don't think I introduced myself. I'm Chris. I'm one of the pastors here in the life of Long's Chapel, um, and honored and grateful to be a part of the, the life of this community, and um, honored and grateful to be able to, to uh, be a part of worship with you today. Can we celebrate? I know we had a bit of a different uh, opening set. We had our kind of praise team and members of our 1115 uh, traditional choir kind of all together doing some beautiful music this morning. Can we celebrate them uh, and their gifts? Yeah. Woo! Man. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very grateful for that. Um, so can I uh, invite us to reflect a little bit on the scripture? Before I do that, uh, SALT team, I think there is a picture of Jesus um, uh, slide. And let me just invite you to throw that up, if you will. Um, and and um, I just ran across this, and I thought that might actually be kind of kind of cool. Um, it's, this, it's this picture of Jesus, um, uh, and it'll go up on the slide in just a second. But I love this. It's, it says it's from Matthew 18, uh, 4, but it's, um, it's Babylon B, so you know that it's like there's something up. And do you guys see this kind of in the spirit of Black Friday? Verily, verily, I say unto you, the one who returns his cart to the little corral thingy after shopping shall be called first in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> and all God's people said, amen, amen. Oh my gosh. How many of us, how many of us have not done that? Be honest, in the cold and in the rain. How many of us did not find the little corral thing? And uh, somebody may have like had trouble with that cart at a later time. Uh, we have the unique privilege today. We talked a little bit about Christ the King last week. Hopefully every Sunday we're talking about Christ the King. Um, but it's a very unique year uh, kind of in the Christian life. When we have an opportunity to have a Sunday in between Thanksgiving and what would be the first Sunday of Advent, um, Advent is, uh, means coming and it's the preparation, the four Sundays that prepare us for the gift of, um, of receiving Christmas. And so it's very unusual that the, first, uh, that the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend actually isn't the first Sunday of Advent. So it's actually kind of neat to be able to, to talk a bit about Christ the King. Today is actually the last Sunday in the, the Christian year. Uh, and so whereas in our um, like kind of uh, world calendar, a Roman calendar. We have an opportunity to begin uh, a new year, uh, actually January 1. Well, actually in the Christian calendar, we actually begin uh, a new year next Sunday. Um, and so that makes today the last Sunday, actually the Christian year. And it's really traditional in the life of the church and has been for like thousands of years that we would have an opportunity to celebrate Christ as King on this particular day, almost as a summary Sunday of the whole entire journey, of the whole entire story of of the whole entire scriptures, of a summary of kind of what our life is meant to be, what our faith is meant to be, summary of the kingdom of God, is to be able to, to celebrate and honor and observe the gift of Christ as king. And so I just pulled four scriptures from different places. The first one's from John 18. The second one is from Luke 17. The next one is actually from Matthew 6. Uh, and 1 Corinthians 15. And I just want to read them together as if they're one passage, even though they come from different places. 
but they all affirm something about Christ as king, and they all affirm something about the kingdom of God and the uniqueness of the kingdom of God and kind of how different that is from the way that we traditionally view king and the way we traditionally view kingdom uh, kind of in the life of our world. So, feels important that we'd reflect on that today. So uh, let, me, let me just kind of read these verses uh, uh, for you and with you. Uh, my kingdom, said Jesus, it doesn't consist of what you see around you. Like if it did, my followers would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over uh, to the Jews. But, I, but I'm not that kind of king, not the world's kind of king. The next one from Luke. The kingdom of God doesn't come by counting the days on a calendar, nor when someone says, hey, look here, or there it is. And why? Because God's kingdom is already among you. Matthew 6. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think God attends to you? Don't you think that God takes pride in you? Don't you think that God is doing God's best for you? 1 Corinthians 15. There's a nice symmetry in this. Death initially comes by a man and and resurrection from death, well, that came by a man. Like everybody dies in Adam. Everybody comes alive in Christ. But we have to wait our turn for Christ is first and then those with him at his coming will the grand consummation when after crushing the opposition he hands over his kingdom to God the Father. Well, he won't, he won't let up until well, the last enemy is down and the very last enemy is death. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Um, as a, a bit of a, a kicker this week, I, um, for the first part of the sermon, used a, a little artificial intelligence, uh, chat GPT, to, to what, what I asked chat GPT to give me is to like, tell me how many different styles of leadership are, are available. And, um, you know, after like a huge disclaimer, if you ever use chat GPT, you get this like massive disclaimer, which basically says like nothing that I'm actually saying right now may be true because I'm not a real person. You know, you get that disclaimer, but but after after kind of all of that legal jargon, um, uh, ChatGPT actually gave me 12, 12 different styles of of leadership. I'm not not going to go through all of them because actually not what the sermon's about. But I want to go through just a couple of them. I'll name I'll name them all, and then I'll actually give some definition of of some uh, autocratic leadership. It's a style characterized by by the individual leader and their control. Democratic leadership. It's participatory. It's democratic leaders value the input of team members and peers, but the responsibility of making the final decision rests with what will the leader. And then there's um, like laissez-faire leadership, or it's like a, dele- a delegation kind of style of leadership. There's transformational leadership. This style is focused on inspiring and motivating team members to exceed their current capacities and to achieve great things. There's transactional leadership, and this style is based on like um, a system of rewards and a system of punishments. Well, there's servant leadership, and, and in, in this style of leadership, the leader's main goal is, is to serve and believes that the, the organization or the company's best goals um, will be brought about by the, the, the best that's being released from, from uh, every individual participant uh, in servant leadership. There's charismatic leadership, which kind of um, primarily um, is meant to inspire enthusiasm in teams. There's bureaucratic leadership, which kind of follows rigorous um, uh, 
kind of structure and ensures that, well, that all teams follow procedure precisely. By the way, that's not my, that particular style of leadership is not my style of leadership. You can laugh about that if you'd like, because it really is true. Uh, situational leadership, which believes that like whatever the current situation is, a leader kind of almost needs to, almost like a chameleon, kind of change personas and personalities and kind of use different gifts. There's coach style leadership, which is obviously kind of uh, like modeled after kind of a coach on, in a sports team. Uh, just two more. There's visionary leadership, um, where it's kind of all about the vision, and, and then there's strategic leadership that involves a leader who is essentially the head of an organization who also is one who creates a vision for how the company or the organization can move forward. And what ChatGPT seems to want us to know about all of this is that each of these leadership styles, they have their own advantages and they have their own disadvantages. Some can be more or less effective depending on the context, uh, the nature of the task, the composition of the team other variables, effective leaders often adapt their style to the situation um, and the needs of their, of their team or, or an organization. And like, are you tired yet? Like that's, that's a lot of information about, about different styles of leadership, different personalities that are brought to leadership, different kinds of like organizations and different kinds of companies that would need different things in different seasons and different ways with different expectations. It actually is enough to exhaust you. And yet, my goal is not to exhaust you. My goal is to invite you to think about the fact that when it comes to leadership, when it comes to leadership and when it comes to what it means to be an effective leader, that Jesus actually doesn't fit into any of those boxes perfectly. And nor should Jesus fit into any of those boxes perfectly. Have you ever noticed that, um, like, Jesus rarely, if ever, actually fits into a box that we try to, to force him in? Have you, ever, have you ever noticed that? That's an interesting thing for me about, about Bible study and about just reading the scriptures and allow the script, allowing the scriptures to read me and to read into my life is that, uh, like, over and over again, as soon as I think I have Jesus kind of pegged or put into a corner or put into a particular place or, like, I, as soon as I think I understand this, then there's this other story out of this other gospel that kind of paints Jesus in a bit of a different way and it reminds me that however much I know there's way more than that that I actually am still longing to discover. I'm still trying to know. And so over and over again, Jesus surprises us with being a different kind of leader, a different kind of king. And it seems like the primary articulation of that and the primary need um, to be able to kind of get up underneath that is for Jesus to be able to acknowledge and help us acknowledge that, that the kingdom of God is something that is on one hand beyond our imagination and on the other hand, we ought to spend our lives, um, you know, kind of in, in an imagination exercise about affirming the gift of, of who God is and of how Christ is king and of what kind of kingdom Jesus has brought and Jesus is bringing. I mean, over and over again, um, we see this especially in um, the Gospel of Mark where we have this thing called the secrecy motif. And so Jesus will do this amazing thing. And then there's a lot of thoughts around why Jesus would say in kind of a spirit of where most of what Jesus does is meant for evangelism. It's meant to like, like you know, kind of like prove God's grace and God's mercy are active and alive in the world. But uh, quite often in, in Mark, Jesus will say, hey, don't tell anybody about this. 
Again, acknowledging that, that like these kinds of things, this particular Savior doesn't fit easily in our language, doesn't fit easily in a box. And so the truth is, Jesus is a different kind of leader. Jesus is a different kind of king. Jesus is, well, like living with a different kind of purpose. And one of the things that is really interesting to me as we contemplate Jesus as king and what that actually means scripturally and what that actually means for our lives is that it, it's almost like, it's almost like Jesus knows that like, like the majority of his life has been lived by the time we catch up to him uh, in the better part of the gospels. And, and it's almost like Jesus knows that he's got three years. He, he's got three years. He, he doesn't have time to play church in order to, to like, you know, kind of hold the church or lift up the church or model for the church. He has, he has three years. I want you to think about that. He has three years to build up a people that will be the body of Christ for thousands of years. He has three years to build up a people that will become the body of Christ for thousands of years. We're like 2,000 years down, and Lord knows how many um, years or how many thousands of years to go. But can I invite you to just think with me and kind of enter into that space with me about what it means to be able to celebrate and affirm the fact that, that, that Christ is king, what it means to be able to say that the kingdom of God and this primary thing that Jesus seems to be kind of like, like pitching to us or affirming to us, it's kind of the, the very place where Jesus' miracles come from. It's the same place where his teaching comes from. It's the same place where even the essence of his existence actually emerges from. That somehow this is a different way of being and it's a different way of living. And we're not really meant to like kind of completely separate from the world because God actually loves the world a lot and is inviting us to engage in the world. But God is also, when it's all said and done, inviting us to look a whole lot more like the kingdom of God than we do the world for which we were born into. And so there's this constant like tug of war. There's this constant affirmation, which, which causes a bit of struggle in our life sometimes. It causes like challenges. It causes issues. It, it causes a bit of a, a wrestling match in our spirit sometimes. And it feels important today that we might be able to, um, to give witness to that. As I'm thinking about that, I need a couple of, um, of illustrations. Uh, so I want to invite you to think with me for a minute about um, uh, kind of a tale of, of two ladders, can I invite you to think about that and this, you know, like, I guess I need to give the classic chat GPT disclaimer, which is, um, you know, maybe you shouldn't try this at home. Um, you know, like, maybe we shouldn't do that. But, but, but what if life is, what if life is a bit of a tale of, of two ladders? Um, what if, what if there's this ladder what if there's this ladder, and let's just say that this ladder could represent a couple of different things for us. Let's say this ladder could represent, what could represent our life? It could represent the accomplishments of our life. It, it could represent um, kind of who we are. It could represent what we've become. It could represent what we've accomplished. It could represent what we've accumulated. It could represent like what we've achieved. And by the way, this ladder doesn't look super impressive because it's next to this ladder, but I want you to forget about this ladder for just a second. We're going to spend most of our time talking about this ladder, but forget about it for just a minute. I just want you to think about, think about this ladder for a minute, will you? 
believe it or not, it doesn't look it, but this is actually a rather impressive ladder. Um, this ladder represents your life. It represents the, the grades you've gotten. I mean, the good grades mostly, right? It represents the, the degrees, the, the accomplishments, the achievements, the, the stuff. And I, I don't know that we think about this or even get enough it's not uncommon in the Gospels that when we're talking about people and our relationship to God, sometimes we kind of come off like the disciples where we've been told it a million different ways of saying the same thing and somehow we kind of still don't get it. And, and so like sometimes that's the picture of humanity that, that kind of comes off and that we describe. But, but I'm actually inviting you to look at that letter. If that represents kind of your life for a minute, there's, there's a lot of majesty about your life. Uh, people are brilliant. People are brilliant. Can you just think about that with me for just a minute? The brilliance, the creativity, the imagination, the excitement, the things that when we put our mind to it, we can accomplish that aren't always used for good. Amen? Like aren't always used for good. If they were used for good, imagine that. Like literally every problem that we, that we face on this earth, including poverty and, and warfare and, and like world hunger and, and, you know, making sure that everybody has safe water to drink and diseases eradicated. I mean, these are actually things that if we like put all of our creative energy towards that versus some of the things that we spend our time on, we could actually eradicate all of them. But somehow we don't. And in that sense, it's almost like scripturally, we're kind of still in that Tower of, tower of Babel um, space where we're kind of still trying to create a literal like ladder to God, uh, no pun intended, a literal ladder to God. God. But don't you think about your life for a minute, not, not critically for a sec, but, but, but mysteriously. There's some amazing people that are a part of your life. Some incredible blessings that are a part of your life. You've, you've accomplished some amazing things, even if you've really never given yourself credit or space for, for those things. It doesn't make them any less marvelous, any, le- any less remarkable, any less incredible. Um, I'm just going to point to him because he's here, and I'm not going to point to him because I don't want to make him feel weird, even though I'm getting ready to mention him, so that may make him feel weird. But, like, like I see Dr. Colon over here. He, I mean, every single day, he's participating in, like, life-saving kinds of activities. I mean, and that, that's a marvelous, remarkable, incredible gift of healing that I know he takes incredibly seriously as a God-given gift because it is. And yet a lot of different things he could have done with that, a lot of different things that you could have done with the life-giving stuff that God has placed inside of you. Um, and yet we're here because we value it, because we, we care about it. And at the very same time, if we don't chase down kind of where it comes from and honor where it comes from, then, then in a sense, we're not actually kind of affirming the very gift of, of, what, um, of what our life is actually comprised of, of the, the stuff and the matter that actually is our, our life. So if this kind of represents kind of your life, and let's also rep- let this represent kind of the kingdom of, of earth, uh, this would be the kingdom of, of heaven or the kingdom of God. Uh, these ladders are not to scale, all right? We actually like had a ladder that's three times that size, but I thought that might be a little dangerous to, to have in here. So you can imagine that ladder when we're, we're actually using this one. But, but I want you to think about the kingdom of God ladder for just a minute. Um, th- this is the life that, that Jesus longs for for you. Th- this, is, this is that life. 
And it doesn't stop here. I mean, it keeps going, right? Like, this is that, this is that life. This is, this represents everything that in the scriptures God says, this is like the kingdom of heaven is, or, or the kingdom of God is, you know, it's in your midst, and it's about mercy, and it affirms the things that the world actually wants to toss away and say are weakness, but these are actually the very, very strongest things that God has placed inside of you. Like, these are, these are gifts, affirmational gifts of the, the very kind of life that God is longing for each and every one of us to have. And, and I want you to think about kind of where you are in this space because like sometimes like we're in church this morning, right? So we're kind of climbing this ladder a bit, right? And so kingdom of God ladder, good ladder. Hey, balcony folk. Hey, hey guys. This is why you guys like to be up here. This is actually kind of cool. Um, this is, this is beautiful. This is, this is awesome. This is, this is aspirational. This is, um, this is beautiful. Do you know that the world looks a little different up here? Like I can see the tops of your head. I can see the folks that are behind you. The world looks a little different from here. The perspective is a little bit different from here. I, I, we don't necessarily, sorry, we don't necessarily live there all the time. We, we sometimes live over here, right? And I'm not going to stand there very long. <laughs> because I don't want the sermon to turn into something else. You know, it's like an EMT lesson. But, but sometimes we, um, like we spend a good bit of our life over here. We spend a good bit of our life over here trying to, to fix the things that are broken with us, to try to control the things that we feel uncomfortable because they're out of control. We spend a good bit of, we spend a good bit of time like standing here, like living here, like climbing this particular ladder, trying to do our very best sometimes, spending our whole entire life just to, just to add one more rung. Like if I could just add one more rung, if I could just get that one part of my life fixed, or if I could just get that like, you know, like one, like one more thing would just make it all complete. Like, didn't Black Friday, you know, tell us this, right? We just get this one thing that we've been longing for. It would, like, everything else that we've been longing for in our whole entire life, all the meaning and purpose would all come together. And then we get that thing, and we're like, okay, so what's next? Because that's our nature. That's our nature. And, and, you know, what's really interesting is for most of us in here, um, we actually don't necessarily live on just one ladder. We like to do this a good bit, right? Anybody, can you appreciate this? Can you appreciate this? Like, we like to do this. Like, we like to have our foot in the space and the world where we can control, where we can, you know, live, where we can, you know, kind of create our own, our own destiny, be masters of our own universe. We like to do that, but then we also like to say, like, praise Jesus. Like, praise God from whom all blessings flow. But I'm going to make my own blessings, because that's what I'm called to do. And, and, you know, we might go up a step here, but then we try to go up a step here, and I'm not going to do that because that would be really ugly, but you get the image. You get the picture. That, like, it's one thing to live over here. It's a whole other thing to live over here. But, but most times, what if we kind of try to, try, to, try to live in the straddle, try to live in the split? And we, you see, well, let me actually pull this closer together, and let me do this, because I think this might actually be really educational, Right? Do you see, the further I go up, which I'm not going to do, the more silly I kind of look, though. The more silly I kind of look, because, um, well, eventually, 
It's hard to live two lives. It's hard to live two lives. Sometimes, friends, we're juggling so many things up in the air that we're living like sometimes three lives or four lives, and it's really hard. Rather than letting our self define our roles, sometimes we let our roles define ourself. Do you know what I mean by that? Like instead of, I'm just thinking about all the different roles that I am, if I'm husband, if I'm um, dad, if I'm pastor, if I'm like citizen, you know, community person, like it's one thing for me to take each of those identities and try to live a different life related to each of those identities. It's a whole nother thing to get to say, I'm, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God and I'm a product of the kingdom of God. And, um, and I claim Jesus as Lord. And I'm going to let that one identity permeate every other role of anything else that I'm called to be. By the way, it's really easy to say that. It's really challenging. It's lifelong work to live that, friends. Amen? Amen. To that, it's lifelong work to live that. I'm not making light of it. I'm not making a joke of it. I'm giving you an illustration. But it's lifelong, meaningful work. But, but what does it look like, friends? What does it look like to kind of take the essence of kind of what the motive and desire of, of this ladder and what it means and to really, to really live here? To really live like king, a kingdom-oriented life. That's, that's the goal of what it means, friends, for us to be able to, to follow Jesus and to walk in the way of Jesus. Salt team, I think we have one more slide. Can I just throw this up there? This slide like really, really touched me this week. It's, um, well, if you can read it, you can read it. And if you can't, I'm going to read it to you, especially for those that are joining us on the podcast. Um, inaccurate eschatology. And like that's a really big word for um, kind of the way that we think about the kingdom of God. So think about eschatology. Ology is the study of the way that the way that we think about God's kingdom. Okay, so just like don't let that trip you up. Now, in, in like unhealthy ways, unhealthy ways of thinking about and studying and affirming, um, like the way that we think about God's kingdom, which causes the church to. And I want you to think about these with me. Wait for a king who already reigns. Wait for a king who already reigns. Can I just pause there for a minute? Um, is Jesus king? Yeah. Is Jesus king? Uh, when Jesus returns, will Jesus be any more king than Jesus already is? Then what are we waiting for? I really do mean that. By the way, I long for the second coming of Christ. Like, oh, some days I long for it. Some days I'm scared of it. But you know what I mean. Like, we live in that space. We live in that kind of in-between space. It's part of what we celebrate uh, in Advent. We celebrate kind of standing in between two hopes. The hope of a Jesus who's already come and the hope of a Christ who is coming. And I affirm that with every fiber of my being. We actually just affirm that in the Apostles' Creed. I'm not trying to undo that. I'm just trying to say, on that particular day where what, what's talked about in the scriptures, on that particular day, what's talked about in the scriptures actually comes to fulfillment, where there's a new heaven and a new earth, and, and all of that remarkable imagery actually comes to pass and comes to life. Friends, Jesus is no more king on that day than Jesus is today. Amen? Yeah, we're not waiting for a kingdom that's already here. We're living in a kingdom that's already here. We're not waiting to become, right? Waiting to become something that you already are. 
is really challenging sometimes in the space in which we live. And that's a lot of times when we spend time kind of hanging out on this particular ladder, that's what we're doing. We're just like, we're waiting. But the challenge is we're waiting to become something that Jesus has already created and is redeeming and has equipped you to already be. Like we're waiting for an age that is already here and we're waiting for a victory that has already been won. Like the whole entire summary of the the life and the ministry of Jesus um, is that Christ comes to, to declare victory over sin and death, which are our two greatest adversaries, it would seem. And the fact is, friends, that what what work that Jesus did on that cross, it's complete. Amen? It's complete. It's complete. That victory has already been won. Now, does the whole world look like that victory today? It does not. A lot of different reasons for that. But it doesn't mean that the victory hasn't already been secured. And so, friends, I don't want us to think about waiting to do what we should already be doing, what we long to already be in, engaged in. Because the truth of the matter is that God has already gifted you with the opportunity to be victorious. God has already gifted us with the opportunity to appreciate the fact that the kingdom of God isn't just like a reality that one day will just descend on the earth. Jesus brought that kingdom with him. And that means that kingdom is inside of you and it's inside of me. It was one of the scriptures that we read today is one of Jesus's most perplexing and yet at the very same, same time, uh, one of Jesus's most beautiful most beautiful images and most beautiful teachings. Friends, I, I, um, I, I really, I want to invite you to not feel like you have to live a sp- split personality kind of life. I, I want to invite you to climb intentionally the rungs of this ladder and to see the gift of glory that actually awaits, not just in a time and in a place to come, but the gifts of glory that are revealed right here and right now. Friends, there is not a hurt that has happened to you or to me that Jesus can't heal. That there is not a sin that Jesus can't cleanse. There is not a problem that his love can't cover. There is not a worry or a fear that Jesus' love can't overwhelm. Because when Jesus is king, friends, he doesn't leave the throne unattended. Um, You know, as the the psalmist says, um, God neither slumbers nor sleeps. Like, Jesus doesn't have to run away from the throne from time to time. And that's when all this really bad stuff happens. I mean, I know that, like, we have ingrained into us some really interesting cultural and kind of worldly messages that really do fly in the face of of the kingdom of God. And it makes this a bit difficult to really be able to grasp. I don't know about you, but I grew up with a commercial slogan in my head and in my heart. And in seasons of my life, I've lived it more than others, but it comes from Burger King and it says that I can have it my own way. I I really, absolutely. Now, isn't that ironic that the fast food company that literally will give me a paper crown if I ask for it, like allows me to have it my own way and to be my own king when the truth of the matter is that there's already a king. I don't have to be king. There's already a king. And this king is just and this king is merciful and this king is about healing and this king is about things that I can only dream about and about even other goodness that I can't even begin to dream about. But like that's what this king is about. And the truth of the matter is, friends, that when we like try to straddle like try to straddle in both spaces, 
the truth is, I can only go, I can only go so high. I, I can only go so high here. I can only go so high living in, in both spaces. But, but when we have an opportunity to commit, when we have an opportunity to say, hey, like Jesus is king and I'm gonna let Jesus like help ascend me in this space in the kingdom of heaven. And the, like the kingdom of God is gonna reign in my life and I'm gonna let Jesus be Lord over like all of my life, not just like parts of it, but I'm gonna really let Jesus reign. And friends, like the thing in my heart of hearts that I want to be able to share with you is that um, like that's the best decision that you'll ever make. It, it's not an easy decision, but it's easy when you get on the other side of that decision and realize all the things that are wrapped up in this that Jesus actually never wanted you to have to carry or handle. Uh, I, I, let me close with this illustration. I had a, um, an interesting thing happen to me. I played in a tennis tournament in Asheville. This was like, I don't know, maybe end of October. And I remember um, I needed to, it was actually wasn't end of October, probably end of September. And um, it, was, it was in Asheville and I had um, a, a conference call uh, during the Saturday morning while I was there. And so I used my AirPods. You guys, you guys know these things. Maybe, maybe you have some of these where you can kind of listen to music or podcasts or even take a phone call when you don't want a thousand other people to hear you. And uh, So anyway, so I had these and uh, I had these with me that day and I knew I had these with me that day and it's really cool because a couple of weeks later I realized that my phone actually keeps up with these puppies and it'll tell me the last time that I opened this thing. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that amazing? It tells me the last time I opened this thing and it pointed to that place where uh, at that particular um, um, group of, of tennis courts um, in Asheville and so had an opportunity to um, kind of think about for the last month about how I was going to go back there and try to find my iPads, uh, iPods that must absolutely these like had to have been in the lost and found, right? Well, this, this past uh, Friday, I actually did do that. I actually went back and they have three different kinds of areas of lost and found. And guess what? They weren't in any of them. And I'm like, but no, but you don't understand. My phone says that the last time that I opened the case, like they were here, they were here. I know they have to be here. Well, sure enough, um, I decide when I get home that I must have missed something. And so um, I get home later that afternoon and I open up my tennis bag that I've had with me Every day since I left that tournament. So, I mean, six weeks we're talking about. And I've had my tennis bag with me. And I'm like, you know what? I've checked the parts of my tennis bag where they should be. Now let me actually check the bag. Let me actually check the bag. I check the bag and I find in the most obscure hole ever, what in the world was I thinking? Except that these are kind of expensive to replace and I wanted to put them up for safekeeping. And boy, did I do that. They were safe. <laughs> They were safe. I just didn't know where the heck they were. They were safe, though. I find them, I pull them out. And on the one hand, I'm like, yes. And on the other hand, I'm like, really? Seriously? Do you get the point? The thing that I have spent the last six weeks wondering how in the world I could have lost, the very thing that I was looking for and longing for the most, was never more than five or ten feet away from me. It was there all the time. That's just not where I was looking. That's just not where I was looking. And because I wasn't looking there, I, I didn't find them there. Friends, um, can I invite us to lean into the king that Jesus already is? Can I invite you to lean into the kingdom that Jesus has already brought with him? Can I invite you to live in that space out of not just Jesus' identity, but because Jesus is king, 
that means some pretty amazing and incredible things about the gift of being able to follow and trust in him. And um, I just want to invite us with every fiber of our being, as this last song is sung, I want to invite you, I want to invite you to think about what it means to have the name of Jesus spoken over every corner of your soul. Uh, Can we pray together? Uh, God of grace and God of glory, we give you thanks for who you are and for the ways in which you move and work. Oh God, there are so many times where we look high and low all over the place for the very thing that you have already placed right within us. We're looking, oh God, um, high and low for like the very, the very thing that you have already um, planted within our spirit, and that is the gift of the kingdom of heaven that is already placed within us. And oh God, mysteriously, we don't exactly understand how all that works. Like we don't understand how there's a kingdom within us. And at the very same time, oh God, when we have those opportunities to be able to choose to trust you, we feel and see that kingdom. We feel and see that kingdom emerge and we see the healing that's there and we see the cleansing that's there and we see the forgiveness that's there and we see the mercy that's there. And we see the grace that's there. And it's in those moments, oh God, that we know. And so we pray, oh God, that for the moments that we don't know or can't feel or can't see it, pray, oh God, that you would help us to trust you. That you would help us to trust you. Trust you to allow you to be what you've always longed to be for us. And that is um, our all in all. And what if, oh God, the very thing that we've been looking high and low for all across the world, all across our life, past, present, and future, what if it was actually right here all along and it was you? So in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining the Long's Chapel Message Podcast. If you connected in any way with us via this podcast, we invite you to connect further by either leaving a rating and review down below or contacting us via our church website at longschapel.com. Here at Long's Chapel, we believe in worshiping and serving God by reaching people and growing together as passionate followers of Jesus Christ because all people matter to God. See you next week.